All right, take your Bibles and turn with me tonight to Luke chapter 24. Luke chapter 24, if you would please stand for the reading of God's Word if you're able to. Luke chapter 24. Uh, of course, this is a familiar portion of Scripture. We find here that two men are walking the road of Emmaus. Uh, this is after uh, the resurrection of Jesus Christ, and they're perplexed by some things that has taken place. And Jesus joins Himself to them. The Bible says that their eyes were holding, that they did not know who He was at that particular time. He begins to walk with them, and He begins to, to preach to them from the Word of God and begins to reveal some things uh, to them. But I want us to pick up in verse 25 here. We're just going to read three verses and, uh, uh, concerning this and then uh, share with you the name that we're looking at tonight. We've been preaching on Wednesday nights uh, a series that we've titled The Power in That Name. Power in That Name. And uh, we're going to look at a different one tonight. Verse 25 says, Then he said, that's speaking of Jesus, unto them, O fools and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Ought not Christ to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory? And, he, and beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded unto them in all the scriptures of the things concerning himself. If you notice there are a couple of things. He, he, he had talked to them uh, and they had spoken about, about the crucifixion of Jesus. And then he talks about them. He says, ought not Christ to have suffered these things? He, he immediately... Uh, points to the one that died on the cross as Christ. He goes on down and uh, he uh, finishes out there in verse 27 with saying, concerning himself. And so he's talking to them and he reveals himself to them as Christ. I'd like to preach a message I've titled, The Anointed Christ. Let's pray. Father, we come to you this evening realizing, Lord, that you are the Christ, the Messiah, the one and only true God. And Father, we pray that you would just strengthen our hearts tonight through learning, Lord, a little more about you through your name and through your titles. Lord, I pray that they would speak to our hearts and, Lord, reveal things that would draw us closer to you. And Lord, I pray that you'd be with those not able to be with us tonight, whether it be by sickness or other reasons. Lord, I pray that you'd just be with them. Help them, encourage them, be with those who are watching by live stream, Lord, I pray that you just speak to their hearts, even as you do those here in the auditorium. We thank you for loving us, Lord, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You be seated. Also, the Apostle Paul said over in Philippians chapter 3, he said, But what things were gained to me, those I counted lost for Christ. Yea, doubtless I count all things but lost for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and do count them but dung, that I may win Christ. Again, being referred to, referring to Jesus as Christ. And we find His name several times uh, uh, that way. Now, Christ is not His last name. But yet we find that it, it deals with His role or His office of, 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 of Jesus, of, of the position that He's in. The word Christ is a Greek translation of the, of the Hebrew word Messiah. Messiah. When uh, Andrew had said that he had found his brother, uh, had found, uh, found uh, him, and he went and found his brother, he said this in John chapter 1, verse 41, he says, And he first finding his own brother Simon, and saith unto him, We have found the Messiah, which is being interpreted the Christ. And so we find that this word Christ uh, is, uh, is in relation 
to Messiah. If you go back into the Old Testament, any time that you would see the, uh, uh, the Hebrew term that deals with Messiah, it is the same word that is interpreted into the Hebrew as Christ. Same word, same word. And so we find that it's important that we understand it. When you find Christ, uh, by the way, if you go through the New Testament and you begin to look at the different uses of the word Christ, you'll find that the word Christ is used over 500 times in the New Testament alone. Dealing and showing us something about the Lord Jesus and getting us to understand the importance. You know, if, the, if, if, the, if our Heavenly Father had just mentioned and, and said that He is the Christ, one time that would have been enough. But over 500 times he's referred to as Christ. Jesus is referred to as Christ. Whether it's Christ our Lord or Jesus Christ or, or uh, Christ Jesus, however it's uh, framed in those, in those verses, it appears over 500 times. And so to understand Christ, you've got to understand Messiah. And Messiah means the anointed one. The anointed one. And that's very important because... Uh, if you begin to study, it refers to one's been chosen, one that's been called out for a specific purpose or given a specific power to carry out uh, that purpose from God Himself. You begin to go back uh, when Andrew said there, he said that we have found the Messiah in John chapter one and, and verse four uh, in verse forty one. There he said we have found Him. They had been looking for He. You find that he says we basically when you read that it's. It's as though that, uh, that Andrew's saying, we've been looking for Him. We've been looking for the Messiah, and we have found Him. And he's referring to Jesus. So he's calling Him the Christ. He's calling Him the Messiah. He said, we have found Him. But that's nothing new. They had been looking for the Messiah. They had been look You go back to Genesis chapter 3, and you'll find that that's where it began. They, in Genesis chapter 3 is when they begin to look for the Messiah, if you look there, it's, it's and when the Lord was speaking to, to Adam and Eve, He speaks of the seed. And that speaking of the seed that would come from the woman instead of from the man. Normally the seed comes from the man. But He speaks of the seed coming from the woman because God is going to be the father. And she's going to have the, and deliver the child. And it's going to be a virgin birth. And it's going to be the Messiah. And they begin in Genesis chapter 3, all the way through the Old Testament into the New Testament, looking for the Messiah, looking for the Christ. And so we find that that is a, is the, is the, is the gist of, uh, throughout the Scripture as they were looking for Jesus Christ to come, looking for the Messiah. He's known as the Messianic hope. You go back and you begin to study about the, the, the Messiah in the Old Testament. It's called the Messianic hope. The hope looking for the Messiah to come and to be the deliverer of them. This hope was fulfilled, by the way, at the coming of Jesus Christ. So I want to look at that tonight as Jesus being the Christ, the anointed one. And we'll begin there as Jesus Christ the anointed one. In John chapter 1, verse 41 again says, And he say, and he first findeth his own brother Simon, and saith unto him, We have found the Messiah, which is being interpreted the Christ. In the scripture, to receive an anointing like that, so that specific anointing that it was that is mentioned, that is talked about, uh, was to be elected to an office, to be empowered to, to do those things, to be elected to, uh, you had to be what they called anointed. Okay, and, and many times we think of anointing, we think of, 
such as when David was anointed to be king over Israel, and uh, how the uh, the prophet of God came and he poured the oil upon him, anointed him with that oil, and declared him to be the king of Israel. You find that in different in different situations. You also find that in the in the uh, in, you go over in Leviticus and you'll find there as as Aaron and the and his and the sons of Aaron were uh, uh, were declared to be the, the the high priest and the priest to take care of the things in the tabernacle. They were anointed with oil. They the oil was poured upon them and they were set apart and they was desi- designated as those who would carry out the Levitical laws and and the sacrifices and and on goes the list of things that they have to. But they was the 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 that anointing oil was poured upon them. Uh, you find that to be the case. At different times you find as a man was called out to be a prophet of God. He was what they called anointed by God to deliver the message of God. And so you find three different offices there basically in the scripture that is called out that would be anointed. That would be first you might find you would find that there would be the prophet that would be anointed to do that job that God had called him out to do. You'd also find the priest that would be called out, that would be anointed to do the job that God has set him out to do. And then the king would be anointed to carry out the job that it has. These three classifications of anointing were fulfilled in one role, though, through the Messiah, through the Christ. When Jesus came, all three were combined into one. You say, what do you mean? I'm talking about the prophet, the priest, and the king all became one in one anointing by God. In Matthew chapter 3 and verse 16, we see the anointing of Jesus Christ here. A lot of times, a lot of people don't understand what took place when, when John the Baptist baptized him. You know, John uh, uh, basically kind of argued with Jesus about baptizing him. And he said, no, it must be so. And the reason for that is for the anointing of God to come upon Jesus Christ, that all men might see that he was called out, that he was anointed to do that. We find that over in Matthew chapter 3 and verse 16. It says, And Jesus, when he was baptized, went up straightway out of the water, and lo, the heavens were opened unto him. And notice here, And he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and lighting upon him. And lo, the voice from heaven saying, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. We see the anointing of Jesus Christ as He was baptized by John as the Spirit of God came down. You've heard me say often, anytime that you read about the anointing oil or oil, it's a picture of the Holy Spirit of God. And we find here as Jesus Christ is baptized and He comes up out of the water, The Spirit of God comes and dwells upon him just as he would have been anointed by oil. He was anointed again by the Spirit of God saying, this is the one that has been called out. This is the one that has this job to do. This is the one that I have chosen to perform these offices, which would be the prophet, the priest, and the king. And so we see the anointing there of Jesus declaring him to be the Christ or the Messiah. Okay, and so important that we understand that because without that, then he it could have been just any man. But we find that God even Himself says, "This is my Son, whom I'm well pleased." We see that anointing of the Holy Spirit come on Jesus. It launches Him into that trifold ministry as the prophet, the priest, 
and a king. You say, well, preacher, why does that matter? He's God. Why does it matter that he's prophet, priest, and king? Because each one of those is a, is a different office. And within your life and within my life, we need, the, we need the touch of each one of those offices. And we need to understand the relationship that we have with Jesus Christ. And I say that Jesus Christ because Christ as the Messiah, as the anointed one, okay, that we have those offices uh, dwelling within us, basically, and those are in control of us, but we have to work in relationship to those offices. Christ embodies all three of these anointing positions as a person. Then secondly, we find, I want you to consider Jesus Christ. We're going to look at these now. Also, we see here that Jesus Christ, the prophet, okay, first of all, he was anointed. We talk about the prophet, the priest, the king. And I want you to consider Jesus Christ, the prophet, first of all. Uh, in fulfilling of the role of a prophet, Jesus is a proclaimer of the future and a spokesman for God. You go back in the Old Testament, you find that the prophet of God, basically as he was called out to be a prophet, his duty was to come and be a spokesman for God, to come and declare what was going to happen. We find different ones as they declared the, the judgment of God and the hand of God being upon Israel or, or to destroy an enemy or whatever it, the situation was. The prophet of God would come and deliver a message from the Heavenly Father. That was what the prophet of God's job was. We find that Jesus Christ came to deliver the message of God. He is that prophet. He is that anointed one to deliver uh, the word of God to each of us. But it goes a little bit farther than that because in John chapter 1 and verse 1 we find that it says, In the beginning was the word. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. So here we have the, the prophet, here we have Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the anointed one, that He is the prophet, but He is the one that now, He is the Word of God. He, and basically, it, it, let, me, let me put it to you this way, when a prophet would come and declare the Word of God, he would say, thus saith the Lord. And then he would tell them what God told him to tell. But when you read, when Jesus begins to speak, he says, I say unto you. The difference is, is that he is the word of God and he is God. Amen. Therefore, he doesn't have to repeat what somebody else said. He's telling them exactly what God says because he is God. And so there's that, that pro, he is the prophet and he is telling us, he is delivering to us the word of God that we might have a greater understanding. It wasn't second-handed. It was straight from God when Jesus spoke. It was straight from him. It wasn't coming uh, uh, second-handed. So he uh, fulfills that position as a prophet. Jesus spoke with authority because he was the word of God. He was and is God in Hebrews chapter 1. And verse 1 says, God who at sundry times and in divers manners spake in times past unto fathers by prophets. Otherwise we, we talk about that. But it goes on and says, Hath in these last days spoken unto us by his Son, whom he hath appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made the worlds. And so he's revealing again there, Paul's revealing in his, in his writing there in Hebrews that that Jesus Christ uh, was appointed to give the Word of God. He is that prophet for you and I. 
So therefore, Jesus is in his prophetic role. He is the last word on everything. It doesn't matter what it is. You can't go up to him and say, well, are you sure that you got that right? No, it's right because it's from God. He is God. You can't argue with what Jesus Christ has to say as a prophet of God because he is God. You can't say, I, I think you misunderstood. I think you misinterpreted. You know, we've got a lot of, of folks today who say, well, that's your interpretation. That's your interpretation. Can I tell you something? When you go to the Word of God and Jesus speaks it, it's not, uh, it's not our interpretation. It's His interpretation. They couldn't argue with Him concerning what He had to say as far as it being truth or not because it was truth. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth and the life. So you've got to realize that He is truth, and so He reveals the Word of God to you and me. Amen. Jesus is that prophetic, in that prophetic role. He was the prophet of God. Then we recognize that Jesus not only was a prophet, but He was also anointed as a priest. The priest interceded for man. And they stood between man and God. You go through the Scripture, and you find so often as the priest would go and they would offer the the sacrifices, and it was for a sin covering. It was for the forgiveness of sin that they would, that they would, that people when they sinned, they came, they didn't have, they couldn't go directly to God. They had to go through somebody. The only one that was anointed, that had the right to stand between them and God was the, was the priest who had been called out to be a priest, who had been anointed again. There's that word again, anointed to be the priest that had God's sanctioning on them. And they could stand between that person and God. They could offer a sacrifice for that person for a covering of their sin. That that sin might be, might be covered and that they, would be, uh, uh, they wouldn't be, uh, uh, God wouldn't pull, uh, pour judgment out upon them. There was times there that, that even Moses, he ran and stood between the people and God because God was ready to destroy them. Moses was the, the go-between between God and the children of Israel. Then we find other times uh, throughout the Scripture how that the priests, as they stood between man and God. And so now we have here, we have uh, the Messiah. We have Christ. We have Jesus Christ, the Messiah, who now, who has been anointed not only as prophet, but also as priest, who will stand between us and God. He is the one that intercedes for us. He intercedes for us. And so we must understand that it's important for us to realize His role in what He's doing for us. The first priest interceded for man. They stood between man and God, but Jesus stands between us and God. In John 14, 6, as Jesus say, uh, saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And notice why it says, No man cometh unto the Father but by me. And it's so important that we understand that. He intercedes. He stands between us and the Heavenly Father to intercede for us. We need that one that will go before us. In 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 5, he says, For there is one God one, and one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus. So we have here, we have the prophet of God that tells us and gives us the Word of God, and we, which is Jesus Christ, the Messiah. We have Jesus Christ, the Messiah, that becomes the, the uh, high priest for us, that stands, he's the, He intercedes for us. He, he's a mediator between us and God. 
In Hebrews chapter 2 and verse 17 and 18 it says, Wherefore in all things it behooved him, talking about Jesus, to be, or God, to be made un, un, like unto his brethren, that he might be a merciful and a high, faithful high priest in things pertaining to God, to make reconciliation for the sins of the people. How did our sins get, get taken care of? Through Jesus Christ. He took care of that. He made the sacrifice. He was the sacrifice. He made the reconciliation. He stood between us and God. He stood between us and the wrath of God. He stood between us and the judgment of God. In that He died on the cross for us and that we might have eternal life. He is the great high priest and He continues to this day to stand between us and God. And says, for in Him, for in that He Himself has suffered being tempted, He is able to succor them that are, are tempted. Otherwise, said, He's able to understand you and me. He's able to, to sympathize and understand what we're going through. In Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 14, speaking of him being the high priest, it says, seeing that we have a great high priest that has passed into the heavens. He's not just someplace else. He's not in a, he's not in a church somewhere. He's not in Rome. He's in heaven. And so he's, he's there in the presence of God. Jesus, the Son of God, it says, Let us hold fast our profession. It says, For we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like we, as, as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of, of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. So Jesus fulfills that that role of prophet, but he fulfills the role of priest, which gives us access to God. Can I tell you that if you skip Jesus as Christ, if you skip Jesus, you sabotage your own access to God. He is the only way to God. And if you skip Him, if you try to go to the Lord any other way, if you try to go to the Heavenly Father any other way, you cannot make it. There is only one way, and that's through Jesus Christ. He said, I am the way, the truth, and life. No man comes to the Father but by me. He's the means through which sinful man connects to a holy God. And I think sometimes people don't stop and realize the importance of, of Jesus Christ as the Messiah, as the anointed one. Also as Christ, Jesus is a high priest who can understand how we feel as well as he can sympathize with our weakness. You see... The Heavenly Father understands your pain. The Heavenly Father understands your difficulties. He understands those things. But the Son can empathize with you because He's been through it. All right? Let me explain it this way. Miss Rachel is going to have a baby. Okay? And according to my wife, there's a lot of pain in childbearing. I mean, you know. There, I would say that there probably is some of the faces I seen her make when she was having a child. You know. But anyway, uh, a male doctor can understand that this lady having a child in childbirth, that there's pain, agony. I forget what all my wife called it, going into the, the depths of despair and death or whatever. I don't know, something like that. And a male doctor can understand that. He sees pain all the time. He sees the grimacing. He knows uh, what they say. He hears the, 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 the cries or whatever. He knows. He understands there's pain. But a midwife who has had a child not only understands, 
but she can sympathize. You see the difference? Jesus Christ, the Heavenly Father, understands our pain and our struggles. He understands those. But Jesus Christ, as the high priest, has been through it. And He not only understands, He sympathizes and He empathizes and He realizes what we go through. Amen. You know, sometimes we think that God don't understand. Jesus does. Sometimes we think that, boy, you know, I'm just about as far as I can go when Jesus says, you know what, I don't think you realize how far you can go. I've been there, he says. And sometimes we, it just helps knowing that Jesus Christ does more than just understand. You know, there's been times as, as people have went through difficult times and I'd be maybe counseling with them about this or that. And, and I could say, you know, I understand. And from a biblical standpoint and from a human standpoint, yes, I can kind of understand. But it makes all the difference in the world when I've been through it. And then I can really look them in the eye and say, I know what you mean. We've all heard the thing, I feel your pain. And when you've been through it, you can say, I feel your pain. Jesus Christ looks at you and I and he says, as your great high priest, the anointed, the one that's been called into that position that stands between you and the Heavenly Father, I feel your pain. Therefore, I can come before the Heavenly Father and I can lay that before him. And he knows that I know what I'm talking about. Boy, it's good to know I have a, a great high priest like that that does more than just understand by looking on, but understands because he's felt everything that you and I have went through. You know, sometimes there is some great loads. Sometimes there's some great disappointments. Sometimes there's some great discouragements. You go through the scripture and you look at, at the life of Jesus Christ and there were some great disappointments. There were some great discouragements. There were some great, uh, you know, and how people treated him and what people said and what people did and those who were to, were to be faithful weren't faithful and and we see that. And, you know, we're, we, we go through those things in our lives and sometimes we don't think anybody knows. God understands. Jesus Christ, the anointed, the Messiah, the great high priest, He understands what you're going through. He understands the pain that you feel. That's why that we need to look unto Him and understand His position, that role as the great high priest within us, that He, because He stands between us and the Heavenly Father. Then we need to understand that Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the Anointed One, the One called out to be the prophet, the One that's been called out to be the, the great high priest, was also called out as King, to be King. Jesus Christ holds the official appointed office as ruler over all. There is no higher office than what he holds. Absolutely none. He is that official king. In Revelation chapter 11 and verse 15 says, And the seventh angel sounded and there were, there were great voices in heaven saying, The kingdoms of the world are become the kingdoms 
of our Lord and of His Christ. That's Jesus, the Messiah. And He shall reign forever and ever. He is the King. He is the ruler from now throughout eternity. You know what's sad though? Unfortunately, a lot of Christians relate to Jesus Christ as ruler the way and I'm not just talking about now, but in the past, over the years gone by, how I have heard people relate to the President of the United States. Everybody in this room at some point, and I remember it was very big and, and was happening when, when uh, President Trump was elected. I, I heard different ones say this very thing, and, and even political people say, he's not my president. He's not my president. Though they were a citizen of the United States, they said, he's not my president. And my response was, as, oh, have you moved your citizenship? Whether you like him or not, if you're a citizen of the United States, he is the president of the United States. Now, we could, we could easily say, you know, right now, I don't care for the president that's in there now, so he's not my president. You can say that, but if you want to get down to, you know, to the real truth of the matter, unless you move your citizenship, he is your president. But really what they're saying is this. I don't like the way he rules. I'm not going to let him rule over me. He's not going to be my ruler. He's not going to be my boss. That's what, that's what that statement is. Now let's take that and let's apply it to where Christians are. Many times as Christians, and we don't, we don't come out and say that verbally, that Jesus Christ, we, that he's king, but he's not my king. We don't come out and do that. We don't say that with our mouth, but we infer it or we, we show it by the way that we live our lives, that He's not our King. Now, wait a minute. He's, he's been appointed by God the Father. He is the anointed one. He has been chosen for that position to be King of all. He's been placed there by the Heavenly Father. He's anointed. He's the Messiah. And so he is king. You see, what we're saying is this. We're saying we're not going to allow him to rule in our lives, in our decisions. We're going to make up our own minds what we want to do. We're not going to go to the Word of God. We're not going to find out what the Bible says of how we're supposed to live. Even though he is the Word of God and we have here the written Word. We don't go to the Word of God. We don't go to our knees and pray and say, Lord, what do you want me to do? Jesus, what do you, Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the King, the ruler of my life, what do you want me to do in this situation? And so basically what we're saying is you're not my King. We go on and our ideology, maybe it's different. We find today, and this is just a, it just kind of blows my mind that how that, that professed Christians can, can support uh, uh, groups that, that uh, whether it be political groups or other groups, that, uh, that support abortion. How can you be a Christian and that type of ideology? Well, I guess you could be a Christian and say, but you're not going to rule over me. You're not going to rule over me. And different, different, different types of ideology, whether it be, you know, and we could go on through a lot of things, maybe... Uh, we're going to say, you're not going to rule over me. You're not going to choose my career, God. I'm going to choose what I want to do. And instead of going to the Lord, I had, I had a person one time that was, uh, they, they come to me and, 
and they was talking, and, and uh, uh, they said, I want you to pray. But I said, I got a job coming up, uh, an opportunity to work at the casino. And I looked at them. I said, I can't pray about that. They said, why not? I said, because biblically, you shouldn't be working at a casino. I said, it's not a good testimony for Jesus Christ. With everything goes on in, in those places. And you say, what they do? They decided to go ahead and work at the casino. So their choice of careers did not match up with the Word of God. Finances. You know, sometimes we don't make choices. You know, we make choices in our finances. We don't, we don't go to the Lord and say, Lord, what do you want me to do? You know, and, and you don't find me preaching a lot on, on, on tithing stuff. But I'm going to tell you something. It's plain in the Bible that we're to tithe. The Word of God lays out for us that we're to tithe, that we're to, to give that 10%. That is a tithing. That is God laid it out, not the preacher. That is what God laid out. And, and a lot of people say, well, you know, I just don't have it. I, I just, you know, I don't, have, I don't have it. Well, what you're telling God then is that He can't be ruler of your life in that area of your finances. Because if we would tithe, we would do His first and then He'll take care of the rest of it. I've had people tell me, say, I, I, don't, I don't have enough money to tithe. And I look at them and say, I don't have enough money not to tithe. And I've watched God take it over and over and over and over and over again. What I didn't think would make it and seem stretch it. And see Him replace it and, and keep... And like you've heard me say, a lot of times it's not what you have... It's not what you put in the bank, but maybe what you don't have to take out of the bank. And God teaches us that, and so we need to make Him ruler over our finances. Maybe we shouldn't be spending on this and that. And, you know... I. Janine and I talk about this all the time. You know, to be honest with you, probably every person that we know of, every one of us, if we would be real honest, there's probably things in our life that we could trim down and not spend money on. And to be able to tithe or to be able to use it for whatever God wants. I mean, most of us could do that. It might be give up drinking the sodas that we drink from the fountain. You know, I, I, I'll be the first one to say that. It might be giving up... Uh, Something else that we're spending the money on, whatever. But whatever it is, we need to make the Lord rule of our finances. How we spend our money, even if you are tithing, He needs to be in control of that. Maybe it's our relationships and so on. We need to allow Him to be ruler over our relationships. So are you calling Him by His title, Jesus Christ, which makes Him king, but you're not allowing Him to carry out His position in your life? We need to allow him to carry out that position, that role in our lives as the prophet, as the priest, as the king in our lives. You see, as the anointed Christ, Jesus brings benefits into our lives. That's why we got to understand this name of Christ. Because with that, what know you not that your body is a temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which you have of God, and you're not your own for being bought with Christ. Jesus Christ dwells within us. So within us dwells those three offices of prophet, of priest, and of king. And we, our relationship is so important to him. You know, as our prophet, as our priest, and our 
King, it affects our lives completely. What I was preaching tonight is not just for information. For you say, oh yeah, that's great. That's what Christ means. Or, or yeah, that's, that's great. That's what, you know, what Messiah means. Oh yeah, that's great because that's the anointing of God. No, what I want you to understand is that is what dwells within you. Is, though, is Jesus Christ, those offices that He is to be the prophet that, that, that guides and directs us and, and gives us the Word of God. Gives us, as you sit down and you begin to read the Scriptures, and you begin to look at the Bible and you need understanding. Hey, go to the one that knows it. Go to the prophet that's been anointed. Go to Jesus Christ, the anointed God, the, the prophet that delivers the word of God and he can give you understanding from the, from the scripture. Maybe there's, you're going through difficulties and, and you just need a verse or something to, to help you or to pick you up or to encourage you or give you direction. Hey, there is a prophet inside that dwells within you that's been anointed to deliver the Word of God to your heart and mind. There's the priest. When you sin, he stands between you and God. That's why he tells us if we, if we confess our sins, he is, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Who is that? Well, look at the position of Jesus Christ. If he, is the, if he is the priest, who offered the sacrifices in the Old Testament? Who stood between them and God? Where did the cleansing come from? From the sacrifices. Who made the greatest sacrifice? Jesus Christ was a sacrifice for you and me. And he stands between us and God. So we go. it's he that cleanses us from all sin. When you're going through the difficulties and you're struggling and you're down and you're discouraged or going through the pain of whatever it might be, priest is there. He has an understanding. He knows. He empathizes. He sympathizes because he's been through it. And he knows your heart. It's not just an understanding. And, but then when you need direction, you need someone to tell you what's right and wrong. And when you need someone to guide you and direct you and to give you direction in your life, there's the king that will give you that direction. We find that he is the anointed Christ. And he brings those benefits into our lives. Our relationship to him is, is our prophet and priest king in our lives. It affects our lives. In Galatians chapter 2 and verse 20 says, I am crucified. Paul's speaking here. He says, I am crucified with Christ. He said, I'm crucified with the Messiah. I'm crucified with the prophet, the priest, and the king. Nevertheless, I live... He said, yet not I, but notice what it says, but Christ, prophet, priest, and king, Messiah, liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. So you have one with him. When Paul says that Christ lives in us, he's referring to the anointing, the, the prophet, the priest, the king that lives within us. Do you realize what you have? I think as Christians, sometimes we don't stop and we feel so dejected, so beat down, so powerless. And, and, and what do you realize that we have the prophet, the priest, and the king that dwells within us? The anointed of God, the Father. You no longer are to live your own. On your own, but rather to live according to the, the person who carries out those three offices in your life perfectly. 
You're to live after Him. You're to build your relationship. You're to mix His life into, into yours. You're to mix the prophet into your life. You're to mix the priest into your life. You're to mix the king in your life. You're no longer yourself, but you, you become uh, uh, mixed together. Let me put it this way. I'm not a coffee drinker, but I do drink coffee once in a while. Anyway, what I call coffee, some people that drink coffee, they don't want anything in it, just straight black coffee. That's just it. No, no sugar, no, no, no cream, no nothing in it. Eh, me, I'm going to put cream in it. I'm going to put sugar in it. Okay? You drink your coffee the way you want to. I'll drink mine the way. You say, well, you're not drinking. Well, yeah, it's still coffee. You see, you take a, you pour the, a, a cup of coffee, straight coffee out, and you look at it and you smell it. Boy, it smells good, and, but it has a little bit of a bitterness to it. So you take and you pour some creamer in that coffee. And the color of that coffee begins to change. You put some sugar in there and you stir it up. What has taken place is the color of it has changed. It's no longer that dark color. It's lightened up a lot. It's a different color. But it's still coffee. You take a drink of it. It's no longer bitter, but it's become sweet because the sugar that's been added to it. It's still coffee. You see, when you and I got saved, the prophet, the priest, the king came into our lives. And through the mixing of our lives, understand this, that yes, Jesus Christ saved our soul and come in and He wants to to strengthen us. He wants to guide us. He wants to give us the Word of God. That, and He wants to stand between us and the Lord. He, he understands our needs and He's there. And He wants to rule and guide us and direct us daily. You're still that sinner that's saved by grace. You still have the old sin nature. But there's been a change made. The bitterness of this world is gone. Now there's a sweetness that has come into our lives through Jesus Christ. But it only depends on your relationship, how much that changes. If you just take the coffee and you just put a little bit of cream in it, it don't change it much. If you just put a little bit of sugar in it, it don't change it much. The more the cream, the more the sugar that you mix in with it, it changes it more and more and more. It's still coffee. But it has taken on a whole new flavor. It has taken on a whole new look. And in our lives, the more that we add in that relationship with, with Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the anointed Son of God, the more that we add into our lives and mix our lives together with Him, the more that our life changes. The more the Word of God that you put in your life, the more that you put in your mind, the more that you put into your heart, the more it begins to change your life. The more you spend on your knees and in prayer, seeking and talking with the Lord, the sweeter it gets. The more you think about heaven and think on the things of God and pleasing the Lord, boy, just, there's just a spirit that comes over you that's unlike anything else and, that you had before, and it changes your life. Oh, guess what? 
You're still the same person, but you've added that relationship of the Lord so sweet into your life with Jesus Christ, the, the Messiah, the, the anointed uh, 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 prophet of God, the anointed high priest of God, the anointed king of God into your life, and your life has changed, and now it takes on a different aroma. It takes on a different taste. It takes on a sweetness. It don't even look the same, but my friend, it's only because of your relationship with the one that does well in you. The thing of it is, it's your choice and my choice of what we do in relationship with Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the Son of God. When you and I come together with Christ personally and relationally, we're still who we are in our original fallen state. But now we have been stirred with the person of Christ. We add up, added to us the transforming presence. We have everything that the three roles, the prophet, the priest, and the king, gain for us in Christ. But you see, it's only to the degree that we allow Jesus Christ to live in us and make, us, make his presence known through us. Only then can we access the benefits of the anointed Christ. There's great benefits in being able to access the prophet of God. That gives us the word of God. And oh, how we need understanding in this day and time. We need that understanding from the word of God. That gives us the one who intercedes, that stands between us and the Heavenly Father. And oh, how we need that in our lives. We need uh, uh, that one that is going to intercede for us, for the forgiveness of sin and for the, the difficult times, for the struggles, for the pain, for whatever we're going through. And we need the King to rule over us, to guide us, to direct us, to build us into a, a mighty army for His honor and glory. We need... Christ in our lives. So, preacher, I've got Jesus in my life. Well, you have Christ, but it's up to you how much you've added into your life of Christ. Your choice and my choice. Let's bow. Father, we thank you for this title, this role of, of, in office of Jesus, which is Christ the anointed one, the Messiah, the prophet, the priest, the king that dwells within us. May we surrender our lives. May we surrender our hearts. May we turn to the, to the prophet to direct us from the word of God that gives us wisdom. Lord, may we turn to the priest, the great high priest who, who stands between us and our heavenly father and and, and, and makes intercession for us, who cleanses us from all sin. And Lord, may we allow the King, King Jesus, to rule and to reign in our lives. Be with us tonight, Lord, and help us to surrender all to you. For this we ask and pray in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Would you stand with your heads bowed, your eyes closed, no one looking around.